0: Welcome to Spring Creek Church Online. Today, I wanna to talk to you about where do we go from here, part two of our series, Encore. As we get started, let's pray. God, we just thank you for this day that you have given us, Lord. I pray for every person that's watching right now, Father, that you may touch their hearts, Lord Jesus, that this message, Father, uh, may just be for them and may bless them, Father God. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Last week, we talked about life after the resurrection. When the disciples thought Jesus's death was the end, his resurrection proves to them and us that he didn't want to leave us unsatisfied, filled with doubt, despair, hopelessness, grief, confusion, wavering, and unbelief. His return was and remains the best encore ever of all time. In all of Jesus' appearances, his appearance to Peter was truly intimate and personal. In Luke 24, 34, the two disciples on the road to Emmaus were told by the 11 disciples that that the Lord has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon Peter. Just one sentence about how Jesus appeared to Simon Peter. We don't know uh, what exactly that they talked about, but I'm sure it was exactly what Peter needed to hear. I'm sure Jesus was kind and tender and reassuring, and I'm sure Jesus extended forgiveness to Peter for denying him three times when he was arrested. But after that experience, Peter was probably thinking, where do I go from here? In John 21, verses 1 through 14, Peter decided to go fishing, uh, and the other disciples decided to go with him. With everything that happened, with the arrest, death, and resurrection of Jesus, it probably felt good to go back to something familiar. But just because the familiar feels good doesn't mean it's where God wants us to be. I'm sure he entertained thoughts of going back to his former career as a professional fisherman where Jesus first found him. This must have been an emotional roller coaster and some normalcy would have been great for a bit. Imagine walking with him for three years, wondering who is this Jesus? Is he a healer? Is he a miracle worker? A way maker? The Messiah? Oh my goodness, he's arrested. He's tortured. He's rejected. He's dead. He's alive. But he'll he'll be leaving again. But when all is said and done, Peter's got to make a living. They were fishing the whole night and caught no fish whatsoever. And during the sunrise, Jesus stood at the shore, but the disciples didn't know that it was him. Jesus knows that they haven't caught any fish and tells them to cast their nets on the right side of the boat. So they did. And they caught so many fish that they were unable to pull up the net uh, from, from the water. John, the one who Jesus loved, said to Peter, it is the Lord. And Peter, because he can be so extra overjoyed, he dives into the water and swims to the shore to get to Jesus while the disciples come to the shore on the boat full of fish. Jesus had a fire going with fish and bread cooking, and and then he invited them to have breakfast. And that invitation to sit and eat must have reminded Peter of when Jesus invited him to follow him and he would make him a fisher of men. And then eating the fish and bread must have reminded him him of the two miracles that that, that they had performed with Jesus where they fed thousands on two separate instances because of the supernatural multiplication of the food. Peter was was probably thinking, where do I go from here? How do I move forward or is it easier to go back? Later, after they had finished eating, Jesus turned his attention to Peter because he could see something in Peter that he couldn't see in himself. Even when we've messed up, guilt is consuming us, and we think we have forfeited our calling, Jesus still has a plan for our lives. Jesus turned his attention to Peter because of the powerful and influential role that he would play in the early church. In John 21, 15 through 19, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. And just like that, Peter has clarity when Jesus called him to to shepherding rather than fishing, just like the first time Jesus called them to follow him, his future work would involve ministry to people. Remember back in Matthew 16, 18, when Jesus uh, changed Simon's name to Peter, he blessed him when he said, now I say to you, you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. But here, when he tells him to feed his lambs, Jesus used Peter's old name, Simon, meaning he has heard. If Peter is ever going to become the rock and the foundation of the church, he must hear God, not just to listen, but to obey him. The story continues in John 21, 16. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. Jesus is making it clear that if we love him, we need to be obedient to his commands. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Peter's assignment is to feed the lambs and the sheep, meaning feed all those who want to serve me young and old. Jesus then goes on to tell Peter the kind of death he will experience that, that 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 even in his death, it will glorify God. Then he says, follow me. I find it interesting when Jesus was alive, he blesses Peter by saying he would be the rock of the church. Then Peter denies Jesus three times. Jesus extends forgiveness and restoration. He sets him on a mission to shepherd his sheep, then tells Peter that even in his death where he would be led, where he doesn't want to go, it will bring glory to God. And through all of this, just follow me. Three times Peter denied the Lord. So three times Jesus asked him, do you truly love me? Though a sensitive, heart-wrenching conversation, Jesus restored Peter to leadership and made his assignment clear. Time with Jesus brings clarity. And just how Peter's assignment becomes clear, Jesus makes our mission just as clear in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. First, Jesus is emphasizing his divine identity, meaning he has all authority over all nations and over all things. Without his authority, this mission for the disciples and us would be a complete failure. It's this authority that we must carry out this mission. Taylor J. Hudson, a British Baptist Christian missionary who spent 54 years in China in the 1800s said, the Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. Second, he tells us that we must go. Believers must be active. We should never remain stagnant. Going means uh, more than just traveling to other cities, counties, states, countries, and continents, even though this is part of Jesus's meaning as well. Going means crossing physical and cultural boundaries to make disciples. Going can mean crossing the street to visit a neighbor, going to dinner with an unbelieving friend, or or going to the inner city. Basically, it means going beyond your comfort zone to make the gospel accessible to the lost. Going means living life with purpose and intention every single day. Going means supporting people who are literally going to other cultures and countries with our finances, uh, uh, emotional and spiritual support. We are the church, and in all these ways, we go in fulfillment of the Great Commission. Third, we must make disciples. In the beginning of the year, Pastor Keith taught us a wonderful sermon series called The Way, where he discussed in depth all the stages of discipleship. I definitely recommend watching this series so so that you can learn to recognize where people may be in their journey with God so that you may know how to better support them and yourself through the process of discipleship. The foundation of our mission is to reproduce in others what Jesus has produced in us. And he's produced what? Faith, obedience, authority, compassion, love, and a bold, truthful message as his witnesses. We are learners commanded to produce more learners. Jesus' disciples were, were, were to produce other disciples of all the nations, peoples, and ethnic groups because Jesus is an equal opportunity savior, meaning It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, where you came from, what language you speak, what food you eat, where you live, what car you drive, what accent you have, how old you are, how young you are, how annoying you may be. And whether we agree on the same politics or not, we are commanded to reproduce other disciples Fourth, we must baptize them in the name of the father, the son and the Holy Spirit. Baptism is an initiating rite that immerses the believer into a whole new spiritual journey with Jesus through, co- through complete immersion in water. Just how Peter jumps off the boat in the water and com- completely immerses himself when he sees Jesus at the shore, that was his way of telling the world that he was willing to follow Jesus. We like to say here at Spring Creek Church that baptism in water is an outward expression to an inward decision to trust Christ. Baptism is not a step to salvation. Baptism represents this new way of life and faith. Fifth, we are to teach other believers, meaning the edification or the building up of believers through teaching. Jesus instructed us not only to teach knowledge of his word, but to train people to be obedient to his commands. Through teaching, we take believers at every stage of of spiritual maturity to the next stage of growth. This can go from the searching stage to the consummating stage, meaning unity with Christ. Make sure that you go back and watch The Way series. You can find that link in the description. Our goal should be to reflect the perfect character of Christ, and we will spend a lifetime working on it. This is why we need to learn and teach and teach and learn within a community of believers. The mature believer will be most ready to listen and learn even from the newest member of the family. But in order to accept the mission, we must be empowered for the mission. In the book of Acts, after the resurrection, Jesus tells the disciples not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait uh, for the promise of the Father. He said in Acts 1 4 through 5, For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then he said in Acts 1 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The power described here is divine power or dynamis. The word used in describing Jesus's miracles in the gospels. It is the power of the spirit. This verse is describing the power, the promise of baptism of the Holy spirit and speaking in tongues on the day of Pentecost mentioned in acts two verses one through four. It says when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. These verses are describing the special experience that 120 believers had when the Holy Spirit came upon them and they began to speak in tongues. The apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 12, 29 and 30 are all apostles are all prophets are all teachers do all work miracles do all have gifts of healing do all speak in tongues do all interpret and because speaking in tongues is a gift not all of us will receive this gift just like we will not all have the gift to teach or prophesy or heal. The word baptism means to dip in or immerse. When we accept Jesus, we are immersed in the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. Paul tells us that once we were wrongdoers, but we were washed, we were sanctified, we were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. In John 20, before the day of Pentecost, Jesus appeared to all the disciples and stood among them and said, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. First, the disciples physically walked with Jesus for three years and experienced his power firsthand. Then Jesus breathed on them and they received power from the Holy Spirit in the absence of Jesus when he was appearing for 40 days after the resurrection. Then after his ascension to the father, they got to experience the filling of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost when the gift of tongues was bestowed upon them. When we give our lives to Jesus and we walk with him, he breathes his power on us and we are given different spiritual gifts to be used to empower us for the mission he has called us to. Then we become spirit and power ambassadors and witnesses whose lives and ministries are extension of the life and ministry of Jesus. We didn't physically walk with Jesus, but through the Holy Spirit, we know him. We live for him, with him and in him. It's that relationship that empowers us to participate in the mission of God. And the power of the Holy Spirit is evident in our lives through the fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, which describes the nine attributes of the Holy Spirit that manifest in our lives when we spend time in God's presence. It is by these fruits that we will give testimony to the world that the Holy Spirit is working through us. The fruit gives testimony of our walk with the Lord, not our spiritual gifts, meaning it's how I reflect Christ's character every day, as opposed to how I use my gift, my gifting. I can be a gifted communicator, teacher, or musician, and not necessarily use my gifts to glorify God or his kingdom. The Holy Spirit will empower us to have courage and boldness in our mission. In Mark 13, the disciples asked Jesus to tell, to tell them about the signs of the end of of age. Jesus tells them, watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name, claiming I am he, and and will deceive many. When you hear of the wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. These are the beginning of the birth pains. You must be on guard. You will be handed over to local councils and flogged in the synagogues. As his witnesses, we can't wait for the perfect conditions to go out and spread the good news. We must go out to the nations in the midst of all these natural disasters, political unrest, and personal persecution, no matter the cost. And it is impossible to do this in our own strength, but only with the power of the Holy Spirit. So, so what do we do? So, So what do we know so far? We know that Peter, after rejecting Jesus during his trial, was forgiven and given a mission to take care of the sheep and follow him. We know that Jesus left us with a mission as well, to go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything he has commanded us. We also know that God empowers us for the mission through the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within us and is evident through the fruit of the Spirit. So the next question is, how do we go out into the world and what does that mission look like in the world we live in today? First of all, we are a busy society, right? We have careers and kids, chores, friends, hobbies, volunteer work, church, relationships that need tending to. And as we move through our lives, we have lots of opportunities to fulfill the mission Jesus set before us. Whether we are at the soccer field, the grocery store, the doctor's office, work, or just being out enjoying time with family and friends locally or on vacation. As long as there are people, we have an opportunity to present the good news of Jesus. Then we have opportunities to impact people in places that are geographically and culturally different from our own. But these but these last couple of years dealing with the pandemic have shown us how we might have taken these everyday interactions and opportunities for granted, like spending time with our coworkers, having lunch together and just hanging out like something as simple as seeing a smile or frown on each other's faces like being able to give someone a hug who really needs one or even the ability to get on a plane to cross uh, geographical boundaries to impact the lives of others. It was necessary that we pivoted to address the isolation that quickly became our new normal. We all learned that, that we needed to use the resources we had to be able to get connected to each other. And as a church, we embrace digital evangelism, where using digital media, we could continue to spread the good news faster and farther than what we could physically do. We could reach people literally all over the world or next door with an internet connection. Spring Creek Church decided to focus on building engagement and community online to bring us together even though we weren't physically together using digital media, really solidified the, the idea that we, the people are the church, not a building where we gather together, that our interactions online would represent who Christ really is. And that we would be a 24 hour church ministering to those who need to hear a word from any place at any time in the world. What's even better is that we saw you sharing the good news with your friends and family. We were, and are intentionally sharing specific messages to people who need to hear it, you know, exactly where to go to find powerful messages, or if you need prayer and you're telling your friends about it too, y'all have become digital evangelists, building, supporting, teaching, and encouraging digital disciples. We stream our services. We have midweek Bible studies. We have our online congregation meeting on Facebook. We have small online groups. In response to the Digital Great Commission, we have created a new Spring Creek Church campus using a platform called Circle. It's an all-in-one community where we can come together to find our people, learn and grow in our faith, get prayer, and discuss life's difficult questions. You are invited to be part of the community of believers in this digital space so that you can be discipled and disciple others. And as digital evangelists, this is a place where you can invite people from all over the world or next, or your next door neighbor to learn more about Christ in a non-threatening way at any time they choose. Gone are the days where you couldn't invite your friend who lives five states away to hear a sermon at our local church. We are launching Spring Creek Church online campus today. So click on the link in the description to get connected. The Holy Spirit will empower us to use the tools and resources available to spread the good news. I want to conclude by saying this Peter accepted the mission Jesus set before him. He wasted no time exercising his leadership in fulfilling the mission. In Acts 1, he gathers the disciples and confirms that the events that have happened to Judas were prophesied by the Holy Spirit by way of David. Then he facilitated the process of replacing Judas in ministry and in apostleship. In Acts 2, on on the day of Pentecost, when people were mocking the 120, saying that they were drunk with wine instead of being filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter lifted his voice and preaches a sermon where he calls out all those who were mocking them by saying, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. In verse 42, it says all the believers devoted themselves to the apostle's teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, he preaches and 3000 people became believers that day. He builds a community of believers who shared their belongings and their love for the Lord with each other. Then Peter and John heal a beggar and address the people who were shocked about this miracle. He tells them in Acts 3, 19, now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord and he again will send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. And after preaching and making a call to repentance, 5,000 people became believers that day. Filled with the Holy Spirit, he continues to witness to all the people that Jesus is truly the Messiah. The Bible says in Acts four thirteen, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Guys, they were unschooled and they were ordinary, but the power of the Holy Spirit was evident in their lives. It gave them courage, boldness to fulfill the mission that Christ has set before them. So today, I pray that even though we may feel like ordinary people living ordinary lives with the power of the Holy Spirit, that we would move forward with this great commission with courage and boldness. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for this day that you have given us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for making our mission clear on what we need to do next. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that empowers us, Lord, to walk in this mission, Father. That we would walk in it with boldness and courage, Father. That even though that we feel ordinary and even though we might feel unprepared, Father, that you would present to us opportunities, Father, to be able to 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 go out there and teach of the good news of who you are, Father. That you would send people into our our lives that we could just dis- disciple and that can disciple us that we may be able to grow on this journey together father God we thank you Lord I pray for every single person watching Lord Jesus that you may touch their hearts and that you may that they may be moved to action father the God that they may be able to go that they may be able to go out into the world father we thank you we pray all these things in Jesus' name amen. Thank you for joining us today. We invite you again to be part of our new uh, Spring Creek Church online campus. Just click the link in the description and I'll see you there.